You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to another episode of the Grinding Tree Time Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Gabby Gab. And today's narrating will be Todd Vox. That's right. But before we get into this episode and we let Todd talk, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crime, and there you can follow our page, like our page, leave a comment on our page. And we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, Podvine, or Zencaster. And for those outside of the USA, continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. If you are not a Patreon member, please do so. It helps us out by helping uh, with our equipment, or better our sound system, our studio equipment. It helps us give better quality for us to record and also for us to give you uh, more episodes. We want to thank one of our uh, listeners for donating to us, um, for helping us get our mixer. We were down for a while, but we want to thank him. Uh, Was it Rob? Yes, it was Rob. Rob, thank you so much. We want to thank you all and give you a shout out. We appreciate it. And all the Patreon members that uh, that, uh, are already a member, we want to thank you guys. We really appreciate you. We really do. And if you haven't heard, we have some merchandise. Isn't that right, Todd? Yes, we do. Over at Etsy.com, E-T-S-Y. You can pick up some uh, wine glasses or a couple shirts. That's right. So go to Etsy.com and find some material, courtesy of Grinding True Crime. Well, with all that being said, oh, want to let you guys know, um, we will be going live sometime in January. Since the New Year's is almost at a close and we've had uh, a lot of things going on, you know, the holiday season and whatnot, we're going to uh, not do a live this month, but look for us sometime in January. We don't want to disclose the date yet, but we will be itching to record live sometime in January. So for the month of December, we will not be going live. I know that's a disappointment to some of y'all, but due to the uh, holiday season and uh, busy schedule, we're going to postpone that until January. We'll just give you guys an FYI. All right. With all that being said, let's let Todd Fox take the floor. You got a story for us, Todd? Go have it. I sure do. So uh, we're going to start tonight's story north of the border, eh? Oh, Canada. Canada. Yes, Canada. Here we come. <laughs> um, You've heard a lot about their judicial sy- system. It's kind of crazy. It's worse than it ours. Is. It is. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about when it comes to Canadian um, uh, crime. And, and there's going to be a couple stories we'll touch on in the next couple months that I have, at least, that'll make your blood curl and get upset at the same time. So, 
Ooh. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it's like, really? That's all they got? So, Ooh. yeah. <clears throat> but we're gonna start, um, and we've done a couple of cults before on this on this show. Yes, yeah, and we're gonna do another one today. Oh no! Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about first off Roke Terrio. I know I'm not saying his name right, but that's the old <laughs> college try. <laughs> Roke Terrio. Yeah, Roke Terrio. I'm not uh, gonna lie, that sounds like a street or a road. It does, huh? <laughs> and watch them trees on Roke Terrio, man. <laughs> um, so let's get into his early life. We're gonna jump right in. Um, Roke was born May 16th, 1947, in Quebec, Canada. Mm, okay. And if you know anything about uh, Quebec, it's mainly French. It's a French. Yeah. yeah. French quarters. That's all they talk about up there and talk anyway. Um, so as a kid, he was considered to be very intelligent and very articulate. And at an early age, despite what he would claim um, and what we would find out about him later, uh, about him having a really tough time and his family abusing him, that was not the case. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so, so he wouldn't not, be saying the word "token," right? Yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been taken advantage of. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Thanks, Gab. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too early for y'all. <laughs> it's all love. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but it's like the previous story that Matt told, and other stories that we've done. Like usually, these m- murders have like serious issues growing up. And Roke liked to claim this, but it never really happened. Many family members and people around him said that he was very smart, a very intelligent kid, like I said, and a lot of people loved him and he was very nice. So there's yeah. that. Um, but however, though, despite the good upbringing, one thing was true. He dropped out of school at the seventh grade. Ooh. So he's like, what, 12? Wow, 7th grade. Oh, yeah, well, in those days, they didn't even care if you went to school or not. Yeah, they were like, well, just hit the farm, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Hey, go harvest some uh, syrup, eh? Some maple syrup. (laughs) Well, they they spoke French, Todd, so you got to change the accent for this episode. Oh, yeah. How would I do that? Would it be like, uh, we... (laughs) Wee oui, wee oui, maple syrup, hey. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I, I was about to tell you. Stop it. One of my friends would try to say wee oui, wee oui, and he would sound like such a perv. He'd be like, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> I swear, this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> so, Roke, though turns all his attention i mean this kid's got really good grades too so it's not like one of those things where he's failing and he just he can't keep it together he that's sad then why he drop out well it's not really said but what plays a big part is he gets the bible because his family's very religious as we're going to find out but okay. he, he actually starts to pay attention to the bible in seventh grade and he becomes obsessed. Oh. oh, here we go. Yes. And how these people, like, say, David Koresh from the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas, the famous one, and other uh, 
ones that we've done, Jonestown, um, you know, uh, the, Yahweh, that one. the Yahweh's. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Yeah, the, the leader usually is obsessed with the Bible and quote it back to front, but also interprets it as in it relates to him. Like he brings the Bible back to him and puts himself in the Bible. Yep. Twisted yeah, they it. twist it back to their convenience. Correct. And that's exactly what Roke does. Oh, no. Yeah, he spins them himself directly into this Bible for his benefit. True story. I actually went to school with someone of a similar nature. Seventh grade. I don't. He used to be a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Long story short, seventh grade. I don't know what religion he got in introduced to, but he was hooked. He would literally go around banging on a trample, a tambourine, and screaming out loud, "The Bible!" Whatever he was saying, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yo!" So in, in the neighborhood, we called him Preacher Boy. Oh, I see. Yep. Yeah. So true story. I could see that because some people just take it and run with it, either in a good mm-hmm. way or a bad way. Yep. Mm-hmm. He took it in a bad way because that's all he talked about was Bible, this, Bible, that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we grew up in the religious background. So, but there's nothing wrong with that. But he took it to an extreme. I'm talking about banging through the middle of the watts, banging on a tambourine. That's dangerous in itself. Yeah, as dangerous as it is. And he was just walking around, let's go to the Bible. I'm like, yo, bro, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Like knock it down a notch. Knock it down a notch. Man, he had the robe and everything. Wow. Yeah. Take it to an extreme. So I so to, not to cut you off, but I I, I have some familiar familiarity to someone like that and, and it started in the seventh grade. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> that's when you're young and vulnerable. That's when mm-hmm. you start to pick your own ways in life and how you're gonna be. And um because of this, he again he pushed his ideology on people. So mm-hmm. now he's out of school. He's got a lot of free time to read the Bible, to interpret his own way, to start writing, and he starts going around like your friend, talking to anybody, mm-hmm. and he's starting to tell him that he doesn't want anybody around him that's that smokes or drinks. He would start saying that his father beats him, and that his family's collaborating against him. And, and it's not true? It's not true at all. Like, he's saying that his father had a drunken stupor and would beat his wife. And Roke's family was actually very, very religious. So people were like, what the heck's going on here? And they were kind of seeing that he was trying to manipulate others off of his own narcissism. Mm, in the seventh grade? And beyond. So through high school, he was just a difficult teenager. Although living with these people, he's still like talking trash about them. Mm. That's weird. Okay, so he drops out of school. His family's mm. still taking care of him, and he has the nerve to be talking crap. Yes. And well, he, whatever scripture. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying he's he's just painting them as these super terrible parents. Well, he must have been reading Revelations and and thought he was an angel or something, and just deemed everybody horrible or scarlet or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> some scriptures, man, it's just, you know, some some scriptures can definitely twist your mind, especially Revelations. Oh, yeah, you can take that several different ways if you don't Ooh. pay attention. But Absolutely. Um, 
but his father get this was super conservative catholic um he was part of a group that still exists to this day called the pilgrims of saint michael uh, i've never heard of it i'm and, not gonna lie i thought you were gonna say satan <laughs> no no <laughs> no you could you could look these guys up and um they literally walk around in white gowns and green or uh i'm sorry white berets so they walk they walk around like dressed up with these uh hats these white berets and um they they have the you know they, they dress pretty conservatively and they promote uh, a christian society um founded by lewis evan the development of more of a Christian society through dif uh, diffusion and implement. Oh my God, I can't even read my own writing. Here we go. <laughs> implementation of the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. Um, so that so sort of like a socialist religion mm -hmm. because they want everyone to have the same amount of food, same amount of money, same amount of property. So that's what they believe in. Mm -hmm. I, I, I see nothing wrong with that. I, I guess you know if everyone had an equal amount of everything, there would be no famine, there would be no starvation, or something like that. I, I guess I could dig that. That's what they're basically. It's 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 funny because they pray for uh, to the rosary and present them with social credit based solutions to present economic injustices. So they go door to door handing out leaflets and they'll actually pray for families and try to get them to join their church that's that's what the the berets do which was the uh, interesting yeah and get this guys they also march military style whether it's in parades or just down the street mm. why military style they adopted a form of Russian military type, um, I guess, dress up from a certain time period, like the early 1900s, and they follow that as in preaching as well. They they march like a military, but without mm -hmm. weapons. All right. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, you can look them up. Um, they're a nonprofit organization. Um, they take donations. Um, it's a pilgrimage and they have their own set of, uh, I mean, it's not like the Mormons to where they have like a three and a half year, uh, time, I, I believe it's three and a half years where, you know, you're able to preach and then you become a, a full-time minister. I forget how it works with them, but these guys continue to just do it. They continue to preach and get their message out there. All right. Yeah. I've never heard of them, but that's very interesting. Mm hmm And, uh, so... At the same time, his family is doing his, you know, their thing, studying the Bible, going out there. He's learning English and other languages, and he's becoming more self-aware of himself. So, by the age of nineteen, or, or by the age of twenty, I'm sorry, in 1967, he would meet up with Francine uh, Granier, who was only 17 years old at the time. Okay. Uh, his charismatic ways would charm her and woo her, and they got married. Uh, the couple would move to Montreal, and he would become a chimney inspector 
uh because he had to make sure those chimneys were working when the winter came around basically so okay on his job yeah <clears throat> and so uh the couple would have their first child uh roke jr in 1969 imagine he comes out he's like what's my name dad roke damn it roke back in <laughs> the junior roke yeah he's not even the only roke he's a junior so that's oh. bad uh <laughs> So then they had a second son uh, in 1971 named Francis. Um, so after the 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 uh, son was born in 1971, all the stuff that he had been preaching about, he started to not, you know, as most of these narcissists do, do whatever they want, you know, um, not the same rules for you. It, you know, or as me, you know what I mean? I could do what I want to do. And he started to have bad eating habits and he developed a drinking habit. Oh, wow. And the, the eating habit was so bad, he developed a bunch of ulcers. Oh, dang. Really? And ulcers can be very painful and mm -hmm. can be very dis disrupting to your system, your stomach, obviously. Um, it got so bad for him uh, at a young age. You know, he's not even like 25 yet. He's got ulcers that are doubling him over at times, making him vomit. Dang. Mm-hmm. What the heck can you eat that makes you like that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, that has to be either something spicy or something heavy or, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe too much maple syrup. I don't know. <laughs> maple syrup's so. not bad for you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I thought that would like you know if he's you know drinking it right out of the sap, then maybe he's got diabetes. But I don't know about ulcers. Yeah. I, I I have no idea. <laughs> well, whatever he's eating, he's eating a whole bunch of it. Yep, yep. To develop so, oil, oil, oil. You know, in Canada, they eat bull testicles. Oh, I heard about that. They have a festival for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Festival of testicles. Maybe that was it. Festival of testicles. Maybe that was it. He ate two, some brown balls or something. I don't know. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Yes. But his his whole stomach was full of ulcers. That's nasty. Ouch. Yeah. And, um, but, he brought it, but he brought it on himself, though, with his bad eating habits, though, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and at the time, there's not modern medicine like there is today to, to, to battle that there's not an easy surgery for them to just go in there and do some things and you know there's there's remedies for ulcers nowadays mm -hmm. back then it was just like well just cut that sucker out you know like whatever area is infected cut it out cut it out bleed it out and so here's the thing though they took out a pretty good portion of his stomach intestine oof or, or, or not his stomach intestine, his stomach. His stomach lining. Yeah. So with that taken out, it was they base, basically gave him a gastric bypass surgery. Oh. Without yeah, even Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So here's the thing that I had a hard time with when I started researching this. Um, <laughs> so basically because of he has a small stomach, everything digests quickly you know, whatever he eats, it kind of runs through him literally. <laughs> Do you know what that's called? Uh, high metabolism. Gabby? When it just runs through you, you have IBS or something like that. 
Up in Canada, they call it dumping syndrome. Really? <laughs> dumping syndrome? How am I supposed to not laugh at that? Come on now. Dumping syndrome? Yes, dumping syndrome. Hey, all right. Yeah, he's I'll got like the it. dumping syndrome, eh? Poops <laughs> in his pants. <laughs> they gotta say hey, right? Poops yeah, in his pants, eh? They don't say hey, that's Canada. They do say hey. Really? Yeah, Canada Canadians they say hey. I thought that was Australians. No, they say mate. No, yeah, they, they say a too, but can't, UK can't. would say a. I don't know. Canadians say it for sure because uh, one of our mutual friends he used to say it. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right, Todd? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Oh yeah. If if you ever want to see a funny Canadian show, it's not for everybody, but check out Letter Kenny. It's I think it's on Hulu. Letter Kenny. They they talk in they they develop their own Canadian language. It's pretty funny. I like. It. Oh yeah. My sister lives in Canada now, so her her husband. I've heard him talk, and I was trying not to laugh, but it's like wow, it's a stereotypical. It was it was true. So, yeah. But we're not making fun of Canadians. Absolutely not. At all. not. Love you guys. Not at all. Exactly. We make fun of everybody. Yeah. We're like Family Guy. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah. So he, sorry. <laughs> so he had that surgery. That means he has to eat like completely different now, huh? Like super small foods. You would think he would. Oh, no. Oh, man. And you got to lay off of the drinking, too. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But nope. He didn't change his diet? <clears throat> Not in the slightest. Wow. So. There's there's all kinds of stuff that happens with him. He continues to go, you know, he gets on pain medicine. And then as obsessed as he is with the Bible, he now starts going to libraries and he just because he feels like he has to cure himself reads the most complicated to the most easiest books to read about the medical body. You know, the, the, the actual just reading medical books about the body in general, how it works. So he's mm-hmm. reading anything from medical for, uh, for dummies to like <laughs> Dr. Seuss books. Yeah, like to college yeah. books. I mean, he's he's doing it all. And uh, wow. he wants to know about the, uh, uh, you know, the human anatomy, you know, autonomy, whatever it's called. I'm, I'm not speaking. About anatomy. It. Anatomy. There you go. Autonomy. <laughs> you, oh, my God. That's all good. I got you, brother. <laughs> Somewhere there's a there's a teacher in Florida. Very took it by my speech. <laughs> By my speech, saying you're uneducated. She's gonna send you a message. At she's send you a this man doesn't deserve a podcast. <laughs> we'll never let that go. Huh? He needs it taken away from him. Exactly. <laughs> what was that like two years ago? We, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna <laughs> drop that one. No, no, we ain't gonna drop that. That's too much. Uh, that was just like wow. He got some nerve. Yes. <laughs> Embarrassing. So getting back to it, he has all this going on. He's still ridiculing his family. He's got the the dumping syndrome. He's still drinking. <laughs> That's a good one. He starts his own business. <laughs> what? What? Like dumping business or what? No. <laughs> yeah, he called it Sir Dump Him. Um, hey, Sir Dump a lot. Yeah, Sir Dump a lot. I like big dumps. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so he he basically is able to start a 
business because he gets a loan from his parents that are so abusive. Mm. And um, which he, are actually not abusive. They're not. Right. They're so evil that after all your trash talk, they still give you a loan. Wow. Yeah. And, and guess what? Parents. Yeah, exactly. I wish I had parents like that. Um, guess what this guy makes? If you guys can get guess this, I will give you $500 right now. As the business? As a business. Guess what he turns it into? I'm going to say a multi-million dollar business. No. Yeah, guess what? Oh, I'm going to say what? Do they go by pounds out there or do they go by dollars? No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying what, what kind of business does he start? Oh, what kind of business? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, um, I'm going to say he starts selling religious pam- uh, pamphlets or something. Pamphlets? <laughs> no. Remember, they were giving those out for free. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> what you yeah. laughing? What you laughing? I think he said pamphlets. And I was thinking of Sir Dumps a lot pampers. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Well, that's probably what he did. He started selling the dumping business. He's I all, think hmm. he started selling um, whiskey, alcohol, something alcoholic. Something tells me it has to do with poop. Uh, you know, that's close, but not no cigar. But the adult diapers, that would have been awesome. Um, but no, he goes to the the forest and he starts chopping down trees and making wooden beer mugs. Damn. Okay. I was close. You were, actually. Um, All right, cut me 250. uh, No, it has to be right. (laughs) No. (laughs) Wooden beer mug. That's actually creative. Yeah. That is pretty creative. Yeah, so I don't know if he was trying to go back to his Viking roots, if he had any, or what. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, he starts making those and then he goes out of nowhere you know a, a kid that dropped out at 7th grade into political office he's trying to get a, a seat on the local uh, you know chapter in, in his, in his uh, providence you know try to get on the, in the politics side and he's still an alcoholic he's still an alcoholic and at the same time with the meds and everything else because again all this is going on at the same damn time Oh, he's, he's now cheating on his wife left and right. Uh, he's got an over enhanced uh, sex drive. So, How? I mean, I don't know. Between dump, <laughs> I mean, the guy's erect. I guess. I, I mean, I don't, I don't get it, <laughs> man. But there's a common theme with these cult leaders. They have a huge sex drive. That is true. That is true. That's, That's very they true. They start twisting things to get away with everything. Yeah, they're all, God told me to have sex with you and your sister at the same time. Isn't that illegal in the Bible? Uh, He said it was good, so let's get to it. That is very true. They will use the Bible to their advantage. Yeah, and that's how they end up with a bunch of wives. Correct. So so he's, and it might be because he's mixing a lot of medications. He's doing antacid pills. He's taking the ulcer medication. He's taking the pain pills. He's drinking um, the food. Uh, he's chopping down trees to build beer mugs. Uh, so, I mean. Oh, he's loaded. He's all over the place. Um, so his drinking in 1976 with all the cheating and everything gets him pretty much a divorce or kicked out of the house. And so he starts going to 
hotels trying to sell these beer mugs in their bars. And that's when he meets a woman by the name of Giselle, who's 26 years old. Mm-hmm. He won her over quick uh, with his uh, good one-liner, apparently. And uh, <laughs> he says, uh, you know, I'll love you. Uh, I'll fall in love with you faster than I take a dump. And she was like hooked. You know, you know what? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so, too soon. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So in late 1976, Roke uh, divorced uh, his former wife, and uh, mm-hmm. he shacked up with Giselle, and they started to uh, live together. And uh, Roke became at this time more and more obsessed with the Bible to the point that anyone that would listen, even if he was, you know, getting a McDonald's cheeseburger to get in his car wash, he had to tell them about his view on the Bible. And in 1977, he left his dad's church and gave up on the Catholics and went to become a Seventh-day Adventist religion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he would he would take that up and began to preach. And again, not practicing what you're preaching, but he took over the level of preaching or, or the pamphlets because they would give I guess preachers or whoever that was going to give the pamphlets out for the seventh day um, certain... okay you guys they're called pamphlets not pamphlets that's how my dad says it so that's how I say it's P-H <laughs> that's bothering you isn't it it is pamphlets 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 pamphlets, pamphlets, pamphlets whatever <laughs> He the, passed out the pamphlets. Literature. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's what it is. Literature. There you go. So the literature that our boy Roke chose was not to smoke and not to drink. Two things that he was doing. Oh, yeah. Hypocrite. Hey, uh, question. Was his sons with his uh, ex-wife or did they go with him? No, she took him. Oh. Good. So, yeah, she took those boys. Oh, okay. But they will come back later in the story, though. Oh. Yeah. Now, he began to get his diet back in in place, which he had before, which, well, actually, he never had. He began to become a vegetarian, thanks to a few people in the church. And that would calm down his ulcer. His charisma got better. He was very, very good in preaching and getting people to come to their not, you know, don't smoke events or their don't drink events or let's help you out with your vices type things so this church was very active in the community trying to help people out and um well that's good yeah so so he was actually at a good point right here although you know uh cheating on your wife and getting divorced isn't always you know is frowned upon but you know, his girlfriend, Giselle, he converts her over to the Seventh-day Adventist. So the preachers there are happy because, you know, he's being he's fully invested. He's got his, you know, his girlfriend there. They're talking about future marriage. He's very charismatic. He's helping out. Uh, people are donating because of him. So right now he's probably at his best. Okay. Right. So far, so good. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so but then he he meets a 21 year old named Solange which we're going to talk a lot about later um her father was and he met her because he was handing out the pamphlets 
that were talking about drinking and her father was a drunk and would beat her oh dang and so she had very low self-esteem and she had an 18 year old friend francine who was going through the same thing automatically he brought those two into the church so here's some young people starting to listen to him and they started to appreciate what he was saying and he started to realize that the young ones 21 and under or 25 and under were listening to him and picking things up where the older ones really weren't too captive about what he was talking about or captivated and there was four other friends that were introduced to him by those two girls because they enjoyed the way he talked so he started to get a little following and this mm. other this other girl named Gabriella 26 year old with uh -oh. what you know medical student what's that he said uh oh I said it wasn't me <laughs> yeah not you um but the word of mouth was growing and so he starts having his own Bible studies at his house with his girlfriend and all these other young college kids or high schoolers and there's they're doing their own Bible yeah yeah and um so you know he's he's continuing to gear towards these younger students um he's reading more and more books about you know uh the the lifestyle of a vegetarian so he's putting that to play he's he's preaching you know body and health and mind along with the bible and these kids are eating it up, dude. So they're, you know, they're starting to play music with him. You know what I mean? Like, like they're they're turning this into a huge thing. So he's he's taking them away from the church itself. So he's becoming a leader in his own thing now. Yeah, and his ideology and his <clears throat> charisma and everything else is just like taking off. Like he wants to be the man now. Mm. <clears throat> And he's realizing that he's better than the overall, you know, uh, preacher, the, the, you know, the elder of the church, you know, he's, he's, he's the, he's the, uh, the pastor or whatever. He's like the best. Yeah. So what he does is he's going to start splintering his people away. He's getting up to almost 20 followers and he starts to give them white robes and they go out printing their own pamphlets and, <laughs> and other things and they start going into the community and start to try to get more you know more people to to come along and um it's working you know and Giselle is is helping him out and and you know she's not really happy that he has a lot of females in his little group uh -huh. and they're all looking up to him as if he's like this Brad Pitt guy but if you see a picture of him later which I'll post you're going to be like, really? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Bad, bad. Yeah. Not, not good at all. Uh, uh, so, um, now this is according to Giselle. Giselle would say this later on is that they would have sex four to six times a day. Wow. Yeah. And, um, I guess one of those times, you know, she got pregnant, so she had a baby on the way. And what do you think he did when he found out 
or what what's the nice thing that a cult leader would do when they find out that their woman or girlfriend got pregnant? Uh knowing he knows the Bible, I'm gonna say he probably asked her to abort the baby. Yep. Um I'm gonna say because she's pregnant, he says she's not supposed to have sex, so now he's supposed to get one of the other girls to get with him. No, not yet, but he does say, Well, you're pregnant, huh? Boom, punch to the face. What? Why? He punched her to the in the face and said that you're not being submissive to me. And we we're not supposed to be pregnant yet. And she fell in line. She was like, All right. But one of what? The, <laughs> one of the <laughs> followers reported this and the police actually investigated, but Giselle never pressed pressed charges. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wait, so she's supposed to control her body internally and decide I can't get pregnant? Like, you do what you want, but it's not going to happen because I say so? <laughs> Hello? Don't, don't all women have control of that? Absolutely. Yeah, That's totally. how it works. You just look down and say, don't get pregnant, and then boom. Yeah. Contraceptive. Instantly. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so, we move on. Better, you have result. Uh, regrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's sad we're not making light of her getting punched in the face, but just his stupid ideology, you know? Yeah, like, but, yeah, here, but here's the thing. Is, like, why didn't he react like that toward her? Yeah. Why couldn't he control his, his, his Mr. aim? Four to his, six times a day. His cannon. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I think about to explode? Pull it, yeah. aim it somewhere else? That's or his in, fault. Or in Canadian <laughs> terms, his slap shot. His, hey, his slap shot. <laughs> they love their hockey. I agree. If he didn't want to have a baby, then he should have been protecting. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's at fault too. But if he's that type of person, everything's the woman's responsibility. So, again, another hockey reference. He shouldn't have put it in the five hole. You know what? I'm just saying. There's going to be a lot of hockey reference, ain't it? Probably. <laughs> Not to think of it. Um. <laughs> I just gotta I gotta uh, incorporate icing and offsides and we're good. Oh Lord. <laughs> well that was definitely I'm offside. Sure you'll find one. Exactly. He put his icing in her. Oh god. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, sir. Sorry. So back to the story. The the town of Saint Marie, where they were at at the time as a cult, um, they got themselves kicked out of there, and for good reason. Um, what was the reason? The reason was, is that our boy Roke went to the hospital, and mm -hmm. he started preaching to a young girl who, unfortunately, she had leukemia. And yeah. she was battling that and needed treatment daily at the hospital if, if she was going to survive. So it was not... 100% that she was going to make it, but she had a real good chance in the hospital at least, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he began preaching to her and telling her for the first time and telling anyone for the first time that he had divine and healing powers. I knew it. And guess what cocktail she would need to drink for him, for her to be cured completely. Let me guess. I his, think I know. His icing. No, not his icing. Oh, wow. 
Okay, I was gonna guess the same thing. Let me let me give you a hint. It's something in the refrigerator in that real cheesy Sunny Delight commercial. (laughs) Grape juice. Yes. Grape juice. Grape juice. juice. (laughs) I'm not lying. Grape juice. Dude, so as you said cheesy commercial, my that black guy comes, a little black kid comes by. Yeah, that purple stuff, bro. Got that purple stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave Chappelle. Yep, yep. And here's here's a sad thing. She believed it. She yeah. left the hospital. She left the hospital. She joined his cult. Not even two weeks later, this woman is dying because she's drinking grape juice. So, uh, yeah, yeah. so technically... I don't know if she passed if she dies, but if she does die, wouldn't you charge him for that murder? Well, funny you should mention that, Matt. She does die, oh, and her family would have in, uh, have evidence proving that he she was lured away from the hospital, mm-hmm. and the police of Saint Marie would, or the I think it's the what is it called the Canadian Royal Police Department, so <laughs> CMRP. Uh, or Co- Canadian Mounted Royal Police Department. So okay. they would investigate and charges were dropped. Oh my God. What? Yes. And, How old was he? Uh, this, let's see. He was around 23 at this time, 24. But her, the girl that died. Uh, the, girl, the girl was in her early 20s too. So I think oh, okay. 22. I mean, see, technically, there is. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to be like evil or anything, but there's really no case. She's a grown woman, and she decided to believe this guy and check herself out and do what he said. Who can they charge for that? It's not like he killed her. Like it's not like he murdered her. He I, lied to her, but she believed it and went. Yeah, but she wasn't in the right state of mind. What are you talking about? Just because you got cancer don't mean you're not in your right state of mind. Because, you, you, you know, you're you're trying anything you can to kill yourself, especially yeah. if you're dying. So you're I'm gonna... not saying the man's innocent. What I'm saying is that a legal case here, there is none. She was old enough to make her own decisions. I know, I know. Yep, and he's, he actually, he was not 25. I'm sorry, he was 31 at the time. So he was 31 in 1978. Oh, and, okay. um, the police the police would keep an eye on Roke and the followers and they started to see that they were really weird to the point where they had to go out and start an investigation and to possibly you know they were talking to the the, the kids parents of the you know the other ones that were following mm. and they all raised concerns but this must have got back to Roke because on June 8th 1978 he rent he bought a small bus and with a couple of cars from the other um the other kids because obviously they've been donating all their money to roke so roke is uh getting fat money wise off of the kids and whatever they get from donations because of course he doesn't give it back to them but in the middle of the night on june 8th 1978 they pack up everything and well at least what was okay that roke said was fine and when the police came to the area in the wilderness where they were at in St. Marie to investigate, 
they found nothing but IDs, wallets, and anything that uh, would pretty much be able to trace these kids uh, to uh, any identification stuff that was not needed that Roke said. They just left it there. Mm. Dang. And no one knew where these people were going to head off to. Interesting. So they would go to this area that uh, Roke would call um, Eternal Mountain, which was basically Hope, Quebec. It was on the very outskirts of Quebec. It was a small township and only had about 800 people. So there was a lot of secluded areas. And he told his he told his followers that they were going to build a commune, a commune there. So just like, you know, uh, Jonestown, they had to build a, a place of worship, barracks for everyone to sleep, a kitchen, stuff like that. Build it all from scratch while he did nothing. Wow. He just, he's just using them. Yeah, he's just preaching to them and using their hard labor. They've got a farm. They've got a plant. they got to do all that stuff. He says because February of 1979, damn it, the end of the world is coming. And you have to be clean and follow God's words and mind that are dictated from God. Everything that I say, damn it, you've got to do. Else, else you will be swallowed up like Noah's day by big, huge tidal waves in Canada. Full <laughs> syrup. <laughs> We're going to be the only ones left to repopulate the earth. And, the, and you're going to have to all take my slap shot so that we can make survivors of this world. That's that was the sermon. And they listened to every piece of word he said. All of them in unison were like, all right. And so, wow. <laughs> So he put. Now everybody's the Johnsons. <laughs> At this point, they all are. Oh yeah, they're gonna major Johnsons. Um, so they they agreed to everything, and he put these twenty five members to work fourteen to fifteen hours a day. You gotta be kidding me. Nope, they're and they're not like, hey, let's go to Home Depot and get some, uh, you know, drywall and some wood, and we'll frame Stop out. Oh no, they're they're chopping down trees because he's like, damn it! If I can make beer mugs out of trees, you can make, you can make uh, building log cabins and temples and kitchens. Come on now, stop being pussies, you know? Wow! <laughs> wow! And damn. he's not lifting a finger. He's not lifting a finger. But but you know what, Matt? He had to pull out a chair, sitting in the middle of everything while he's watching them work. And preach no. for fourteen to fifteen hours a day. That is a lot. I, my bad. That's a lot, man. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry. See, my mind went perverted. I was gonna say, sure, he was lifting a finger four, six times a day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm sure he was expecting, demanding that too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where's the girlfriend at this point? She's still there. Right? Oh, she's doing work too. Oh wow. She's doing work because someone's got to feed the workers, right? That's true. Yeah. And so your bodies of, you know, these are these are well-built teenagers, either, you know, either muscular or they just got a lot of fat in their bone. They're starting to lose weight because he's only feeding these kids maybe once a day and they're doing hard labor all day. So you do the math on the calories and what you need to sustain yourself 
by the stuff they're doing. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So then he says, you know what? It's not enough that you're not working hard enough, long enough, good enough. Let me start beating you with clubs to show you guys that I mean business, that God means business. And they take the beatings. He starts hitting them with wooden clubs that he designed himself. What the freak is wrong with this man? Hey, man. Uh, I don't care. I'm, hey, you ain't beating me. Exactly. Now, you have a couple, you have three couples in the group that are actually either married or they're dating. And what do you think Roke tells them? That they got to break it off and they're not allowed to have relations, only him. Correct. I don't oh, even have yeah. to ask Matt. <laughs> <laughs> unless, what she said. Unless, yeah, unless Matt says, and that the women have to have sex with him and him only. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was absolutely going to say that. <laughs> oh, okay, well, there you go. You guys nailed it, 100%. Gold star for both of you. <laughs> so he's like, hey, 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 Jimmy. Yeah. Um, so your wife, she, she's mine now. You, this ain't happening no more. So just go ahead, get your last little slap shot in, because after this, it's, it's over. Yeah. Well, Basically, said, what he said. He said everything except he also did mention God told him it was like that. So. Oh, oh I forgot. Of course he did. It, it's like, look, hey, I don't want to sleep with your wife with those big boobs that she has. Like, God's telling me to do it, so I'm stuck, man. Come on. And he's like, all right. Yeah, he's like, well, you got a point. All right. <laughs> well, if God said. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be swept up in that uh, maple syrup t- uh, tidal wave. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so. This, this is this is sad, man. Yeah, it, it's, it's getting worse because, again, Gabby was asking, what about the girlfriend? And Giselle's like, yeah, what about me? And he's like, God told me to sleep with every woman in this commune, but you're my number one, baby. She's like, oh, you're so cute. I love you. Oh, dear. You gotta be kidding me, right? (laughs) That's how it works. She loved it. So she's like his primary lady, and then he gets to have the side pieces. His concubines. Correct. Because if he's using Bible terms, these are my concubines. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have to show them love, but he has to show her love. Wow. Mm-hmm. So with them it's all sex. With her, it's everything. Yes. <clears throat> Including punches in the face for getting pregnant. Yep. It's all on her. Hey <laughs> man. This guy So and he's taking the cake as con artist of the year. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean this this guy can sell you a used condom. Oh, Probably by him. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So there's Maurice, uh, who is a woman that and that was a couple in here, and her husband Jock. Uh, Maurice was the only one that did not want to sleep with Roke. So, an incident occurred in late 1978 when a starving Maurice could not wait for breakfast, and she ate before Roke did. Uh, or had his girlfriend make the pancakes. Mm-hmm. She was hit with a club and Roke instructed uh, Jock to cut off her toes. What? 
Yeah, her husband. Jacques did not do this, so this further angered Roque. So when their toddler, who was two years old at the time, would not stop crying, here's where it gets bad. Oh, no. Roque would unclothe the baby and roll it in the snow until the baby was almost to the point of passing out. That's torture. Nobody said a damn thing. They just watched. Whose baby was this? The the The, one that refused to cut the toe. Yeah, it was Maurice. Maurice uh, was uh, his girl and Jock. Jock. Oh, my God. What? So the couple would do their best to, to keep the baby quiet over the next few weeks so that their supreme leader would not get annoyed and do what he did uh, prior. Wouldn't that be the moment where you say the hell with this and report him and leave? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what you should have did. Oh, man. I would have been gone on the first talk. You gotta be kidding me. They touch my kid and I'm still gonna stay there and do what this psycho wants? Mm Mm-hmm. So... In early 1981, through all the abuse that he's done, now this is three years out in the wilderness now, um, the oldest sons from a previous relationship, remember his two sons that Matt asked about? Mm-hmm. They're now 12 and 10 years old, and they were tired of their mom. They've been writing their dad. Their dad had wrote them all these crazy things about God and how he was God and and they were intrigued and being 12 and 10 years old well they joined the communion and left their mom oh no well here we go yep so they came to the uh, you know Roke had a party and there was a new follower who was a very let's just say unstable man not not too mentally stable and um at the party for his two sons, uh, Maurice's baby began to start crying because they were playing. Uh. Music. They were jumping around. Roke got very agitated and made it very vocal that he was upset. Um, the new member came over and he punched the child in the face. It's hard as and here's the thing they did not get this child any medical attention wow because roke said i know the human body better than any human being on earth i have divine intervention i have the knowledge of medicine and surgery oh no wow yes so what do you think he did to this baby. I'm going to think he killed him by doing some act in which he thought he could do some cure or whatever, but actually killed the baby. Yeah, I'm going to say he attempted some surgery and the baby ended up dying. He bled out. Close. Um, He decided that the way to I guess address a violent probably a facial fact a fracture to the poor child's face 
was to castrate the young boy. What? what? He castrated him. Ugh. Then he made the toddler drink ethanol, to which the baby did not survive the night. He had brain damage and died. Ugh. What a freak. Yep. Well, that's definitely his first murder. Second. Second? Because the uh, cancer patient. Oh, well, technicality, yeah. Second, yeah. Yeah. So, Maurice, the mother, was so shocked that she just went about her chores as if nothing happened. Like, almost zombie. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I can't with them. I am killing this mother. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. No, no, I can't do it. So, the next day, Roke said that he's going to put the man, the the mentally ill guy, on trial for the death of the infant. So he blamed the man completely, and he was found guilty. And he said that he needed to be castrated. So later that day, in the evening, the next evening, with no anesthetic, being held down by other followers, the young challenged man had his testicles removed and put into a paper towel in front of everybody. Oh, man. So he blamed him because he punched the baby. Mm-hmm. But he had nothing to do with it, although he castrated the child and made him drink ethanol. Yeah, he was making it very publicly known that the baby was irritating him, that he would like to do something physical to the baby. The mentally ill guy punched the kid in the face. He did all that stuff to him, killed the kid, and then he blamed the guy that's very vulnerable and very, you know, easily manipulated. Ugh. Yeah. This is horrible. This is bad. Yeah, and it, it uh so after this, then Roke begins in his sermons saying that someone needs to be accounted for even you know, he needs to die now. So that, that mentally challenged man needs to die. He he goes as far as for about a week and a half getting him up during the middle of the night with other parishioners and setting him on a, a tree stump to either have his head chopped off to be hung he does mock executions in the middle of the night for nights with this guy wow, wow. how traumatic so right when he's about ready to maybe you know cut his head off or something he stops and they all start laughing and says get back to your barracks so finally on one of the nights the guy just takes off he just breaks out of the camp he gets to the authorities he tells them what happened and can you guess after Roke is found liable due to the testimony of the two-year-old's death and the castration of this guy how much time does he get I'm gonna say two years Uh, I'm gonna say he didn't even serve one year man Matt is on a roll tonight he did two years. Wow. Wow. Yes. I mean, Gabby and what was... happened during the time he's in prison? Well, 
hello oh, sorry the, the the cult gabby they have to stay close to him so they moved from their area that they were in to just outside the prison walls are you serious they stayed close to their leader wow Mm-hmm. Just wow. He had to have sprinkled some hypnotizing powder or something on them, man. There's no way. Yep. So, at this time, <clears throat> you remember he's sleeping with all these women prior to him being arrested. And, they're, and he's got some super sperm or no contraceptive whatsoever because by the time he's released in late 1982 serving almost two years he's got like nine or eleven kids at this point wait 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 how he boinked all of them got them all pregnant are you kidding me yeah he's they're pumping out all the <laughs> basically all the so, kids ran up to him like are you my daddy he's like so all the all that time he was out there before he went to prison he pretty much impregnated most of his uh the women uh congregation mm-hmm yep one sly guy he sure is and in the in the meantime when they were doing all this stuff when he or I mean when he was in prison they were having to make money by setting up food stands by the side of the road and so the, the parishioners in his cult were making money and able to take care of themselves that way mm. so they were you know raising crops and selling them on the sides of streets or you know at grocery stores it was working wow yeah so they became so good at what they did that by the time when rope came out they had made friends in the community and a local banker said hey man you guys should open up your own shop you guys are good at selling fruit and so roke was like hell yeah we are well uh. they are and uh, <laughs> he opened up a shop and he called it the ant hill kids the ant hill kids yeah and that's what that's what he called his cult and the hill cults the ant hill kids mm -mm. but that was the name of the store where they would now make he got enough money to get bread machines so they were making bread pastries along with the fruit selling they were making some good money and of course it was all going to roke and he they were asked why did you call them the anthill kids and he's like because they were like ants they were they do what they were told they work all day and they provide for their supreme leader which is a queen ant so he thought he was a queen ant man this guy is demented he's sick yep Yep. No, it's not, no way. No. No, no, my I had a question. Dang, I gotta think about my uh, question again. I just lost it. Mm -hmm. Um it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. Okay. I, I lost my thought. Go ahead. Well, moving forward with this, so now you got this, he's out, he's out of jail. They're in a new con commune. Uh they're um they're making money. He starts to abuse alcohol. And now he does what every good cult leader does. I've already had the kids. Kids are running around. We're, you know, they're doing all their their stuff. You know, the, the mothers aren't pregnant right now. Let's have some fun orgies. Mm, mm, mm. I so, remember my question now. 
Okay, what's your what's your question? <laughs> is he obviously he has his cult, but is he like in a congregation? Is he in a building? Or are they in the woods? Or like how? Where are they meeting? Or where are they all located at? In their own temple that they built. They built their own temple, right? Yeah, they're out in the wilderness still, but they're in a okay. Different all right. Mm -hmm. all right. All right. Now this part's going to get very descriptive, and I'm sorry for those weak stomachs, or it might gross you out. Uh, listener's discretion is advised. Oh yeah, listener discretion is strongly advised. <sighs> and it was tough because I didn't throw that on you before the child murder, but again, he <clears throat> starts having uh, orgies. You know, telling, okay, you sleep with that one in front of me right now. Boom. Done. He would tell them at certain points, hey, come over here. I'm going to piss in your mouth. And, uh, yeah. And he would literally tell them, look, by you taking my divine liquid, you're cleansing yourself of any sins and stuff against God. Uh, uh, look. I know we, we we have that song with R. Kelly, but come mm -hmm. on now, this 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 is gross. Maybe this is where R. Kelly got inspired from. Who knows? It, it's possible, but he's but this is gross. He's doing this to males and females. Oh no! Uh, no no no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. Now, I can't. now here's here's another part that sucks. So Jock, the father of the one that he killed his son. Uh -huh. um, committed a sin against Roke. Roke instructed two other males to cut off the tip of his penis. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh. And there's beatings that just these people were just they took it, they never struck back at Roke, and they listened to whatever he said. His word was oh. Oh. Mhm. Mm oh. Mm. I'm 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 in pain right now because I'm feel I feel that right now. Now in the community, it's kind of hard to not notice a big group, you know, outside of your community or or just see them in public. And people would see that even at the Ant Hill, like bread place, there was a lot of kids, but the kids looked mm. weird. The kids looked like they like they'd seen things, they'd done things, and they just locals started to call for the police to investigate. So some social workers at the time, or if you want to call them that, I don't know what they were called back then, mm. but they would go and try to observe the kids, mm. and basically there wasn't not much that they could do they were their own people they were their own commune they were just doing their thing but one of the followers by the name of gabriella was told to leave her infant out in the cold at night and we all know what happens when you do that in canada Oof. the baby frostbites and everything the baby froze to death leave it outside because the baby was being too loud, Gabby. <sighs> and by the way, that's his kid. Wait, that's his kid? That's his kid. Because none of these Why kids now belong kids? to anybody else. No, no, no. The, yeah, yeah. So, so the one that... Because you mentioned Gabby earlier. So this is their kid, right? Yeah, this is their kid now. 
Wow. So the police investigated this, and um, the coroner, I forget his first name, but his last name was Johnson. Um, He was quoted was it really? Saying, no. But he, <laughs> he might as well be. Um, He was quoted as saying when they investigated the baby's death as, Hey, I think this is death by SIDS. Sudden infant death. Sudden death. It's SIDS. SIDS? Yeah, he called it SIDS. Like psycho SIDS. Okay. Yeah, but I mean like sudden infant death uh, death disorder. You know, or, or I know I'm saying that wrong now. Um, but it's like, <laughs> how do you justify or say that that's natural the baby being outside the baby just didn't decide like hey you know what i'm gonna go sleep outside tonight exactly you know so how do you kill your own kid that poor baby must have suffered so horribly Mm -hmm. it reminds me of um game of thrones i don't know if you've seen that Mm -mm. there's a part where they put the a baby out there for a sacrifice to the the um what is it called the ice king or whatever his name is and, and it's it's those people and, and the ba- he touches the baby and the baby freezes it dies and then it becomes part of them but oh, no- wow. nothing like that happened here the baby was just left out in the cold and, and it freaking died and that was that's, that's tough yep so we're going to fast forward to 1985 and Roke is becoming more and more unhinged wait so, huh Nothing happened because of that incident? Nothing. It was ruled as accidental death. What? Mm-hmm. So, there, now there's more and more investigations because people are saying more things. They can't ignore it. And law enforcement gets in there and is trying to, like, you know, check out these, these, uh, these uh, assumptions by people and, and find out if any of this is true. Well, one of the mothers breaks her silence when the police come and wow. she tells and this is ext- this is graphic so uh you know again listener discretion is advised she says over the years as the kids are getting older you know they're not even most of them aren't even 10 years old you know they're, they're all under 10 um she says that the kids were only to be comforted by roke so the, the their own mothers even though the kids are rokes, they're not to touch the kid, not to show any kind of affection. Uh, she said that Roke would sexually abuse them, beat them with objects, or throw them against the trees at times. He also had the kids participate in orgies with the adults. What? Yeah. What? Yep. How is this guy so twisted? He's he's been left to, at his own accord. Nobody was checking him. That see, that's the worst. Like he's this disgusting thing. Clearly, he's not even human. No. But then you got all these people condoning what he does, not saying anything. They're as freaking guilty as he is. Mm-hmm. They're all disgusting. And here's something that will will piss you off even more. So, on upon hearing this, the RCMP promptly arrest Roke as they should. They're gonna throw the book at him, right? 
Yeah. You have a psychologist who is hired by this the, the country of Canada, the Providence, whatever, to evaluate Roke one-on-one and figure out why is he the way he is before trial so that she could give testimony to the prosecution and the defense. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me he brainwashes her. She falls for everything hook, line, and sinker. What? She is blown away. Blown away that he's bilingual in many different languages, that he knows the Bible as good as he does, and that he's a victim of a non-understanding system. Get rid of this woman. She insisted to the court in front of a jury that there was no proof of torture. What? Yep. Oh my god. And that the Off with kid, her head. She she not only not only advocated for this douche canoe, doucheberry, whatever you want to call him to be exonerated. She said that now the 15 kids that are born by the time the trial was around, should all go back to Roke. Okay, how many followers does he have at this point? Is everybody against him now, or are people still defending him? 90% of the cult is still intact. Uh, Yeah. I, I can't. I can't. So, I can't. <laughs> with the yeah, with a trial all over the place, conflicting reports. The one wife or woman in the in the group that actually spoke out now starts to retract, even though the kids show. Oh, oh my god! Show symptoms of of being physically and sexually abused. They let him go. He's a free man still. So Roke now goes extremely unhinged. So now again, here's where they could have just stopped stuff, but nope, it goes even further. So now the kids are in foster care. At least they did not give the kids back. There's 15 kids taken away from all those mothers and from Roke. Taking out his frustrations on his followers he begins for the most minor infractions burning them with uh, welding torches <gasps> he removed some teeth from some of his followers Oof. a couple of women got repregnant again or pregnated again and he would punch them in the stomach Oof. and always the followers forgave Roke Wow. How are people that dumb? Oh, they're really dumb. That pisses me off. How are people that dumb to think that anything like this is biblical? It comes from the Bible. He's God. Like, really? I can't. How stupid can you be? (laughs) Now, if you thought it hit a low... It's lower than that? It's lower than that. Check what happens out next. 
So you remember I mentioned a girl named Solange? She was one of the yeah, young yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah, she was the young one. Yeah, by now she's like, you know, 27, 28 maybe now, 29, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. She's been with this guy for over 10 years. Um, she was complaining of stomach pain in front of everybody. He would come up with an enema filled with molasses, oil, and water. What the hell? He shoved that up her backside. Then he sliced her stomach open and removed a foot of intestine. None of the followers intervened even after she died the next morning. Now, that's not bad enough. There's more? There's more. She's buried to within two days later, he digs her up, performs a a marriage ceremony saying that he's going to marry her and that he will birth Solange back into her body. What the freak? By having sex with it. Oh, oh, man. And everybody believes this is God's way. Correct. To the point that he now begins to mutilate the body. So he's he's now a necrophiliac. He's having sex with the body. He starts chopping up the body. He has sex with the skull after he's... I mean, he's just abusing the corpse. He takes a couple of her ribs and makes a necklace out of it and wears it around his chest. I can't with this guy. This what's guy. Left, yeah, and what's left of the body, the, the followers burn. Yeah. <sighs> There's nothing I can say about this, dude. Yeah. So This one deserves to go off with his wing, off with his nuts, off with everything. Oh, for, for sure. I think, and 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 with a, with a real dull blade too, where it takes time. Oh, for sure. Poke his eyes out, take out tooth by tooth, cut his tongue off. Like he deserves like full blown torture. Yeah, this guy's a monster. So, Gabrielle, the one who left her child out in the cold, now, mm-hmm. she would be a victim in 1989. After, oh, after a fit of rage. Roke ran a knife through her arm. Like, not not just a small knife. We're talking about like a six to seven inch knife. Straight, straight through. So from the like her muscle to the back of her arm. Right? So, she has it in her arm for two hours. And he tells a couple of the followers to hold her down. And he takes another knife with you know heats it up and he begins to chop her arm off to where the knife was in just below that he pulls the knife yeah he pulls the knife out and with a metal branding iron begins to put that into her wound oh yeah why now at that point at that point, he would have his followers finally revolt, and they said that that was enough, and they went to the police. 
Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh. At that point. At that point, yes. Mm, so after okay. all they saw, it took that. He's over uh. there, sex with a skull, killing babies. But no, that's... And doing all that child pornography stuff. But no, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. Wow. I mean, that's horrific, but still. Wow. Yeah, it's a good thing they all woke the hell up and went to the police, but took them long enough. Freaking. So he was arrested and uh, he would go to trial in 1990 upon murder uh, charges. Uh, He was found guilty of assault and amputation, uh, amputation of the girl's arm. He received a 12 year sentence for that. The vast majority of the Colts' followers abandoned uh, Roke at that point after his arrest. But during his imprisonment, he fathered another four children with remaining female members uh, during conjugal visits. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, Why would they even let him have that? I don't know. That's, again, Canadian, Canadian uh, judicial system right there. So um, he was transferred to Dorchester, New Brunswick in 2002, uh, where he was a uh, in a minimum security prison. And uh, he basically where he was he was rejected for parole, but uh, he was in that minimum security because he said, hey, you know what? He's not going to offend. So on, Fe- on February 26th. 2011 at the age of 63 uh roke was found dead in his cell um his death was (laughs) was uh, due to the results of matthew gerard mcdonald a 60 year old convicted murderer serving life said that piece of shit is dead in his cell you might want to clean him up he walked right up to a guard and gave him the uh the shift that he used to kill him. Um, and at, when he was asked why he did what he did, he said that he found out about Roke and the things that he had done and was a disgrace to all human beings and needed to be rid of the earth. Thank you, sir. I mean, we don't condone violence, but that one, uh, I, I would, I'm closing my eyes on that one. I'm thanking him myself for removing that piece of crap from the planet yep i think i released that dude at that point <laughs> oh yeah i'll be like hey look man uh here's the keys you can go yeah, i'm gonna leave the door unlocked i'm gonna leave the door unlocked man <laughs> if you may or may not know but you can walk out hey man what do we always say on this podcast prison justice is sometimes the best justice when it comes to these sick animals. Yeah, this this guy did not deserve to live to the age of 63. So with all that he did, I mean, it's pretty horrific. Oh, he yeah, absolutely. Sick, sick, sick pig. Just the scum of the earth. I, I just hate that the, uh, you know, his followers were very naive and scared or whatever it may be. And didn't say something earlier. Like, he's one man. He, 
God ain't trying to hurt nobody. So why would he permit them to be tortured or be beaten and stuff like that? No. No. Yeah, that's I not how that works. I would have knocked him out. And you know the sad part is there's so many out there yep. doing this kind of crap. Yep. This ain't the first. Like to this day they are living out there abusing using the Bible as an excuse for everybody to do what they say, what they want. Mm -hmm. And nobody questions them. They back them up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're so right, Gabby, because we, these are the ones we know about. We, we like you said, we don't know about the ones that are going on right this minute. Yep. You know, you know there, there, there's, you know, there's gotta be some kind of funky kind of, uh, you know, thing going on right now where we don't even know about it yet. Yep. Until down the line, we read about it like we did here. Yep. And by the way, I'm I'm sending you guys the pictures of uh, the Ant Hill kids and what his followers look like. I don't know if you see it in the chat. Okay. Tell me when you guys see it right now. Let's see. God, I'm so mad. Let's see. Mm, okay. That's him? Yeah, that's him. That's that's Brad Pitt himself. That guy with Wow. Him? Mm-hmm. That's the guy. My man is balding. Yeah, he was balding <laughs> in his twenties, dude. Oh Lord. Why are they even smiling? I don't know. I mean, Again, this, no dude, this dude fathered like 15 or 19 kids or something like that. It's ridiculous. No lie. They look like the band, the mamas and the papas or so. That was the time period. Yeah. All the leaves are brown. Yeah. They... That is... Ugh. But that... Mm-hmm. He had the gift of gab. He must have. What? The gift of the gab. Meaning he was a good talker. Yeah, I mean, he spun it and they freaking did it. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. This story Just, was very disturbing. It was very disturbing. Very. Yeah, this one, This one. If you, if you listen to the first 30 minutes, it's like mostly religion, you know? But, like, it got dark really fast. Oh, yeah. Real quick. Mm-mm. And he tried to do the same thing that, um, what is it called? Um, the clown, the killer clown would do. Oh, John Wayne, Gla- uh, John Wayne, uh, Gacy. Yeah. He like make art and sell it. That's what uh-huh. he tried doing too. And, uh, that got revoked too. Good. Anything he had anything to do with it, he should have got revoked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, there you have it. I mean, I think he should have died a more violent death, a more tortured death, but at least he's not out there anymore. He didn't get to get out of prison that time. Yeah, he was trying. Yeah, he was trying, but but at least, you know, the prisoner who did what he did gave him what his piece of his own medicine. Yep. So. Took him out. 
Check them out. I'm just still so confused at how these women, how you gonna sit there and watch your child be tortured, your child be castrated, allow for him to give him ethanol and die, and then the other one be told to throw your kid outside in the cold. How? Like, you're a mom. What the hell is that? In, in that period of time, I, I guess, and this is only a guess, I don't know, you know, how you would have a mindset like that, but you're just so in, indulged or just engaged with him. Like, you actually believe everything he's been spitting. He's talking to these people like 14, 15 hours a day. Every day, there's no off day. So, I mean, yeah. I guess, and plus physical beatings. I mean, by that time, years of of that stuff, you're just, you just fall in line, I guess. I guess. Yeah, from the beginning, though, when he made that choice, like, you guys can no longer be together. I'm going to be sleeping with the women. Or his woman got pregnant and he punched her in the face. Like, that already, like, that's enough. <clears throat> that should tell you, get out. Yep. This is going south and you might die. I don't understand it. Well, yeah, he, you know he ruined those people's lives because they were. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think they probably shun away from anything religion. Oh yeah, you know. So how could you 100%. trust it after that? Oh yeah, I mean I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, so that sucks, dude. Wow. That was a tough one. Yes, it was. I'm going to have to watch something happy before I go to bed. Uh, but, uh, pride and prejudice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Somewhere the director of the movie is like, man, we got some super fans out there that are just promoting this movie years after its release. And Mr. Darcy. And <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Todd, for breaking down that story for us, sir. That was definitely a gut-wrenching story. Yeah. Thank you for breaking that down to us. With all that being said, we're about to end it. But before we do, a little quick reminder where you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crime. And uh, there you can find our page. Leave a comment. Follow us. Subscribe to us. Don't just watch our videos and stuff. Subscribe. We like that. (laughs) Um, You can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, Podvine, and Zencaster. As well as those who are outside of the USA, you can listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. All right. With all that being said, this has been uh, the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Gabby Gab and Todd Fox. And we are signing off. Toodles. Peace. Don't get stuck in that tidal wave of maple syrup. Oh, dear. Hey.